Good morning. Good morning. This is Valerie Leonard, the founder of Nonprofit Utopia. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us this morning. And I think it's so befitting that it's a nice rainy morning. We've got two super gardeners here on on the show with us. And um, April, what do they say? April showers bring May flowers and, and all of that stuff. But uh, we're going to be talking about resilience. And I think gardening is a wonderful way to find out how resilient we are. And before we get started, I just want to give you an overview of how the show came to be. Peter and I were talking the other day, you know, he is one of my clients and, you know, we were just engaging in small talk and, you know, he was talking about how the pandemic has impacted the work that he does. So he's the founding executive director of the Stein Learning Gardens of St. Sabina. And he was preparing the organization's third season of gardening when the COVID-19 shutdown hit Chicago. Um, he was telling me how gardening supplies and materials were just delivered, schools were closed, and everybody was sheltering in place. And on top of that, the organization was in danger of losing a $90,000 grant and this could very well have jeopardized the program that is serving over 150 youth on Chicago's South Side. So we want you to hear about how Peter, with the help of Oren Williams, the executive director of the Center for Urban Transformation, successfully pivoted the organization to the next level of growth. And in so doing, we're going to be viewing one of their videos and talking about the work that they do even beyond the pandemic. So I just want to say thank you guys for joining me. And before we get started again, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? And Peter, we'll start with you. And then after that, we'll hear from Oren. Sounds great. Valerie, thank you so much for having us today. Um, you mentioned the rain. I'm actually covered in rain from being outside in the garden. We're doing a, a food and garden kit giveaway today. And it was so beautiful out yesterday. We wish we had that weather today, but the show does go on. Um, that's something in farming that you just have to do. You work whatever weather, whatever you're in. So farming in itself is a resilient practice. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's a fresh example. Um, a little bit about myself. I've been in the, uh, um, what I like to call the, the intersection of urban farming and youth development space for a little over 10 years. Um, spent a lot of time doing that work in Rogers Park with two organizations, Let's Go Chicago and A Just Harvest. Um, passions of mine are uh, healthy food access, food affordability, um, and seeing neighbors and children and families come together and grow food. And that, that's where where I center my work is on, on being, you know, how can we as an organization, as a team, be a resource to uh, um, assist our neighbors in growing and um, producing and ultimately eating uh, really great food produced right here in Chicago. Um, I've been at St. Sabina since April 2018. I love this um, community, love the people I work with, the work we have going on. Um, we say every day we'll come to work, at, you know, until someone tells us not to come to work. And, and we hope that, um, like we saw last year, we, you know, we hope to never have to face that. So we're, we're always looking at ways to to keep going and we're doing that today right now yes indeed all right Oren. good morning uh 
uh, thanks for having me, Valerie, uh, with with Peter here. Uh, besides being the executive director of the Center for Urban Transformation, I'm also the food systems coordinator for the Chicago Partnership for Health Promotion. And that's a program out of the Office of Community Engagement Neighborhood Health Partnerships at UIC. Um, so Peter and I have been engaged for a couple of years now. Um, in um, 2019, I shared a curriculum that I was developing uh, called uh, Grow Your Groceries. And we decided we were going to do some uh, work together last year. And in fact, I show up at Stein Learning Garden so that we can begin to do the work we're going to do and that we planned last year. And the, uh, once I arrived, I may have been there 10 or 15 minutes and I get a call to <laughs> evacuate, go home. The pandemic oh, no. is upon us and um, you are to go home immediately. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Um, but in the interim, there was also this swirl of activity and I'm really, um, happy to talk about how resilient uh, people are in our communities are and our organizations are. And so we came together with some other folks and uh, out of that emerged a program that I'll let Peter talk more about, um, but also came out of that Chicago Gross Food, which is a hashtag and a, a, a website. And so um, the work that evolved there uh, was really exciting. And I think we touched more people than we actually probably would have if we went along and did the program we originally had planned. So, um, and we find that to be a space where uh, we will hopefully be able to expand and particularly expand the number of people who garden at home uh, and or in community gardens in particular and want to make sure to let people know who may be watching and or listening that we consider home gardening to be an extension and 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 also included in the food system so it's just as important as uh, urban farming or rural farming or anything else you can imagine the opportunity to grow hyper hyper local food uh, is exciting and uh, offers the opportunity to get some of the best food you're going to eat throughout the year. Okay, great. So, Peter, can you tell us about the Stein Learning Gardens of St. Sabina and let us know how you got started? I, I know you kind of touched a little bit on that. Sure. Yeah, we are, um, we are a uh, really a gift um, from the Stein family to the community of Auburn Gresham and St. Sabina Church. Um, the late Barbara Stein and her husband Sheldon Stein were interested in doing some doing some philanthropic work. They were looking for a cause to support and they actually saw Father Flager on TV and thought, you know, they, they liked what he was saying, liked the work that he was promoting and wanted to help out. And um, Barbara called the rectory, I think it's like about five or six years ago now, asking how she can help. And what came from that was a scholarship fund that her and her husband fund uh, $10,000 a year for four, um, four years of college for students that graduate from St. Spina Academy. 
And of course, going to high school, but they have to stay connected to the, the church community and, and do work and do service in the community as a part of the scholarship. Um, and some of them actually help out in the garden. So they had that going for a couple of years. Um, Barbara is a lifetime educator. She's also a lifetime gardener, grew up in Hyde Park. And her um, next legacy gift that she, she offered uh, a few years before she unfortunately passed um, was to fund a garden a startup garden program at St. Sabina Church for the children of St. Sabina and by extension, the children of um, the community. Uh, we came in with that, with, with her support, but also a lot of feedback from the various departments, the school, the community center at St. Sabina, the elders village that's right on our campus okay. um, to under, understand, you know, what kind of programs would make the most sense here. And our first year, um, very fresh on the scene, we saw 150 kids a week come through the wow. garden. Wow. And uh, 15 to 20 seniors come out to cook and to grow and cook food together. Although that turned into more um, us cooking food for the seniors, like the, mm -hmm. it was a cooking show. Um, <laughs> but we, but we, but we loved it. We like, we loved responding mm -hmm. to that need, and um, we just joke with them all the time that we're their personal chefs, <laughs> not their <laughs> not their collaborators. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that that's how we got started, and, and when you think about what what impact the pandemic has on garden education programs, both what we're doing and happening citywide, and and community gardens, even um, it was a real shock to our system in March to get the stay-at-home order and have to quickly think how do we go from serving 150 kids a week to doing something that matters that justifies us getting a paycheck justifies you know coming um to work every day and i remember sitting in the parking lot with my my team and Oren on that fateful day and we all were looking at the soil and seas and just thinking huh what <laughs> what what are we going to do with you know we saw all the materials to do the work in person and we had to go home and reflect on that you know what 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 the next step was okay and we'll talk more about that we want to hear a little bit about Oren and his programs well um we have um a program at usc that um is an extension of the work we've done with with peter and other organizations and this year uh, we are what I call reimagining victory gardens, if you will. So we are working with um, community groups in uh, North Lawndale um, and Inglewood and Auburn Gresham. So what we are doing is we're working either in community garden spaces or uh, in backyard spaces. And our focus is using fabric grow bags that um, uh, we use to mitigate a lot of the problems you have in urban communities with poor soil quality and soil contaminated soil contamination issues so um, that's the program we shared with Peter and that's mm -hmm. what he did with that is is establish the program that um, gave out the grow bag kits and we like to say that we can show you the curriculum, we can teach you the curriculum, 
and then you adapt it to your personal and or organizational needs. So um, in this year, we're going to establish backyard gardens in Inglewood and in North Lindale and uh, also in Auburn Gresham. We've got a site that Peter's going to do and we're working with Growing Home and Stein Learning Garden and 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 and, and Grove Raider Inglewood and uh, different entities in North Lindale. So we're really excited about that. And UIC, um, through our program and our director, is actually chipping in funding to support the work, and we'll be providing um, grow bags and soil and and other things for people. Uh, in the programs that we'll be working with this year. And next year, we hope to expand the, the program either, even further uh, to include more folks. This year is a kind of a pilot year, and then next mm -hmm. year, we hope to expand it greatly. Okay, so those grow bags, I can remember working on the community garden in North Lawndale years ago, about 20 years ago now, the, the African garden, and when I was doing the research, I noticed that some of the gardens in Africa were actually in these bags. They look like burlap bags or something like that. Is that a similar concept, that the grow bags, similar to what they're doing in Africa? Well, we actually, that's a great question, Valerie, because uh, what they do in Africa actually is um, what we use as uh, inspiration for our program. And so we thought we would replicate that. And then we went and got coffee bags, wow. burlap bags, and we were going to fill them up with soil. And I realized how big they were and how much, <laughs> how much soil that would require and mm -hmm. how um, stable they are once you put them in place. You're not going to be moving them around. Mm -hmm. So I did research and found the grow bags, which come in um, – in sizes between one gallon up to a hundred gallons or more actually. Mm -hmm. But our focus is three, five, seven, and 10 gallon grow bags for most of the stuff that we do. Uh, I was trying to find one and then I realized I wasn't on mute too. Um, so I didn't want to ramble around too much, but they have handles and they're made of fabric and um, they are relatively inexpensive. I think, um, Peter and I were digging around doing research and I got, uh, 20 bags for like $32. Wow. And then, um, you know, the soil and you use potting soil and all of that. And you have to make sure you got the right kind of soil. And, but then other than that, you have to, uh, just keep an eye on them. They do require watering. They do require fertilization, uh, and they work. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, we really encourage people to not be discouraged because of soil issues and fear of contamination and that sort of thing. So, um, and there are farms and I've seen operations that have 25, 30,000 mm -hmm. grow bags um, and sitting on land that otherwise is unproductive. So uh, yeah. I'm excited about the possibilities. That's exciting. And you know what? I'm thinking that might be a good segue to share a video that you guys put together. If, if sure, Valley, can I jump in and say something real quick before that? Uh huh. Video video gets shown. So, um, what you're gonna see, what, 
on the topic of resilience, what you're going to see in this video, <clears throat> and what I what I'm really really excited about when I reflect on last year, I've been looking at emails. I've been like trying to figure out dates when certain things happen because it's all kind of a blur. Um, but what we did last year was all done with all with existing resources. We you know, like we really did um, look at that problem of we have soil, we have seeds, we have curriculum, we have plants, we have all of those resources on site and we can't get them to, you know, pe we can't have people come to the site and start thinking, you know, where are people already going to receive things right now during the pandemic? It was very early in the pandemic. So leaving the house was a, a nervous experience. It still is, still should be. Yeah. Um, but we, we partnered with uh, CPS food giveaways. So we knew families were coming to pick up food and with Oren's expertise in the grow bags, it just made perfect sense. Put the soil in grow bags, pot up some plants and get them out um, with the curriculum to our two students around the city. So you're gonna see that process in this video, but I wanna really underscore that, you know, sometimes the solution is right in front of you and it's about, you know, how do we weave the resources together in the right way um, rather than give up on, you know, we have resources, but we're not really sure how to, how to make them work in a new context. So everything we did came from stuff that already existed. Awesome. All right, is it okay to start now? Yeah. People would always say, oh, I wanna do a garden. I wanna go in this lot and I wanna do this stuff. And then the mantra myself and other people would always recite would be, oh, you know, soil's poor quality. You live in the city, it's the rust belt. You've got to deal with soil contamination and all of that. And then people will go like, I'm done, right? Then like this from doing research, I found the grow bag, the fabric bag you see here. When the stay-at-home order started, a group of us got together on Zoom and started having weekly calls, uh, initially just to share advice. Um, but as urban farmers are prone to action, that quickly turned into uh, a plan to get to work. At St. Sabina, we had materials stockpiled, potting soil, seeds, stuff to get plants started with. And with this group, we realized we had a wealth of people that were really uh, ready to make digital content and start supporting students remotely. We thought, what if instead of waiting for the kids to get back to the garden, we used what we had to bring them a piece of it? And that's what started Burger Groceries and the Chicago's Food Project. Oftentimes the, the soil may be contaminated with lead because of the buildings or the structures that may have already stood there before they were um, taken down. So we ended up getting pallets and pallets of soil um, delivered here to Stein Learning Gardens in our parking lot. We have these five five gallon uh, mesh cloth bags. We get the soil uh, delivered here to St. Sabina. We grow the seedlings. We start these plants and then we distribute them out to different neighborhoods and different communities where we have unique partnerships with schools. I actually planted on my stoop, because I don't have any growing space, a whole garden with the bags. Because I started to understand that I don't need green space to be able to grow food. And so it inspired me and I'm also teaching other people because I'm on a very visible street corner. I'd love to see people kind of use this Grow Your Groceries campaign as a way to kind of become addicted to gardening. Like having your first grow bag, 
having that first tomato that you grew yourself and then realizing, oh my God, like, there's nothing that compares to this. It's important for other kids to do it because they can get the experience to do it. And maybe when they grow up, they might want to do something just like it for the community. Kids around the neighborhood really <laughs> want to grow things. So and cute. they can't because of this COVID-19 thing. So it's a good opportunity for them that can bring them home. And when they're ready to eat, pick them off, rinse them off, then eat them enjoy them in anything. Since the project began in mid-June, we've been able to deliver at least 1,500 grow kits to families in 24 neighborhoods across Chicago. And so, we're just getting it's started. a good opportunity we for them. plant into a family's hand and it goes into their backyard. We don't believe that that's solving the problem, but we do believe, I personally believe, that that's starting a conversation about the access to food that we have into our community. So when we realize that it's unjust to not have access to healthy food, then we could continue to, um, Ask the powers to be and demand from the powers to be to give us access to healthy food. I like to double back to the folks we gave back to, train them on, you know, how to do this in a deeper way. And the expectation is you teach somebody in your family, your neighbors, whatever the case may be. And that becomes the source uh, for real expansion of uh, container vegetable time. That is awesome. Absolutely awesome. What I like about that is, you know, not only are you looking at food as a as an issue for nutrition and gardening, but you're also looking at, at it as a social justice issue, you know, listening to some of the um, people commenting. Have you had a chance to actually get engaged in some of the policy work around agriculture and urban gardening? Uh, I'm sure the answer for, for Orin is extensive. You want to <laughs> yeah. take it for that first, Orin? Yeah, I, I probably do a lot more of that work than Peter does. So. Um, we're engaged with several groups, and in fact, we were on a call just before this one with UIC and partners like Urban Growers Collective with Erica Allen and, and other folks. So, um, and we've been doing policy stuff for a while and we were part of the team to put together the Chicago um, Food Policy Action Committee Food Justice Summit this year. Uh, so that's just an example of some of the stuff that we do. And part of my job, too, is to sit on health and wellness task forces and work with other groups like Inner City Muslim Action Network and um, the uh, Fresh Market that will be opening there at 63rd and Racine um, this June uh, if things go as planned. So, uh, again, just some examples of the, of the collective work that I do. And I've been involved in this stuff. Uh, for a few decades now. And in fact, uh, somebody said I used to be the crazy uncle in the attic because 
nobody thought that you could do urban farming and do all this gardening and that kind of stuff. So, um, and now we're, like I said, we've just zeroed in on uh, the home front, um, not in opposition to anything else, but um, being inclusive of uh, the, the total food system, if you will. Okay. So Peter, getting back to why we're here, um, that that fateful day in March 2020 <laughs> changed. You, you left off um, basically saying that you had all of this equipment, right? Everything for, for gardening and you're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do next? So you wanna continue that story? Yeah, so precursor to that that moment, Orrin um, touched on this earlier, we had been working throughout the winter um, first going through the training for trainers with Orange Grow Your Groceries curriculum and then planning workshops um, on site that were going to be make and take workshops. So people would um, would come, learn some of the Grow Your Groceries curriculum about safe gardening, um, you know, different practices, what you can plant, when to plant it. And they would they would make a some kind of planter. We have a wood shop as a part of our site. Um, and take that with them with soil, with healthy soil in it, with some healthy plants from our greenhouse. And, and, that, and that was our, you know, 2020, those were our big plans to do these public workshops. We call ourselves the Stein Learning Gardens because we, of course, teach children. That's, you know, our kind of bread and butter, what we're mostly focused on. But we also want to be a resource for home gardeners, um, both informally and formally. We have a lot of people come by and ask us for tips or for, for tools or plants or soil. And the Grow Your Groceries workshops were going to be our big foray into you know, really announcing to the community like that we are here for this. This is what we want to be. Um, and the pandemic certainly, you know, made that made that difficult. So I, I call it a I mean, it was such a, a wild day for for me personally. I, I was on my daughter was born April 8th, my first daughter. Um, I was on paternity leave and her birthday is, I I keep saying April 8th. She was born on February 8th. Okay. (laughs) So not today. Um, so she's 14 months today Mm -hmm. and I, I was splitting up my paternity leave. So I was gone for five weeks. I came back with the intention of getting my team prepared for the summer. And then I would go back. I had 12 weeks available to me and I'd go back and finish out my leave. Um, I never, I never went back. I came back for five weeks, left for five weeks, came back. Um, the end of that first week is when this day happened. Um, you know, some fresh back in the saddle, like, Hey, it's spring. Let's get going. Orange shows up, soil shows up. And he says, (laughs) we're ordered to go home and not go outside. Um, so it was a real, like, you know, emergency break had been pulled and, and you had to shift into, you know, evolve, evolve or die mode. You know, that's what I was saying at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I would love to go home and spend, spend that time with my daughter, but I, I, I felt the need to be there to make sure that we pivoted in the right way to stay alive as an organization, to secure our funding, and most importantly, to keep serving the, the students and families that we work with. You know, it was, um, that was the other heavy lift for us. So one was what do we do with the resources? The other is how do we stay in touch with our, our students and families and what do they need right now and what part of that can we provide? So the, the gardens to go, you know, the, the grow your groceries kits, that, that was like the light bulb moment. We can stay in touch with our students. We can use the resources we have. 
We can still partner with Oren. He's working from home. He can do curriculum and remote support. Um, so really, and we turned we turned something that looked really dark into a big win. And once we gained traction, we just kept going, and, and we're still going. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep thinking we're going to take a break, but we're, we're still we're, we're still doing it, aren't we, Oren? Okay. So, Oren, what was going through your mind, you know, as one, you know, one of the partners who was going to be helping that day? Um, I was just in wait and see mode, and um, like I said, the energy from last February and March, when all this stuff uh, unfolded, was remarkable in terms of the innovation and creativity that that different people in different spaces, not only this particular space. I had, and um, it it makes me uh, positive and optimistic about the human future, if you will. Um, so I had no real expectations, but just wanted to roll my sleeve up and um, see how I could contribute to whatever unfolded. And and uh, of course, you saw uh, evidence of what that was. So uh, right. just glad to be available and. I'll be able to work with this great group of people. So, but, Peter, yeah. I, I wonder if I, if I could talk about um, some of the other folks involved. Yeah. Would that, would that be okay? Yes. Um, so, this another interesting part of the origin story was, as you can imagine, is this was not just an existential moment for us as garden educators at St. Sabina or Oren as the food system coordinator at UIC. It was a shock being felt certainly throughout all of society, but within the urban gardening community in Chicago, a lot of people were like, what do we do? What's the next step? And um, sometime, I think beginning of April, Orin and I started hosting open uh, conference calls where we invited farmers to come, growers to come. There are two calls. One was for growers to come and talk about production techniques um, you know, are you setting irrigation timers to limit the amount of people on site? Do you have access to your site? That conversation was happening. And we had another weekly call that was all um, garden educator focused. And that started as water cooler talk of, you know, swapping ideas saying, you know, I'm, I'm using this website or this tool to reach my students. It was kind of informal, um, but pretty quickly it snowballed into hey, wait a second, we all have different strengths and weaknesses in our positions and like our current circumstances with our organizations. Let's work together to get these grow kits out and support students around the city. Our organization only works, you know, for the most part, we had only worked on St. Sabina's campus and a little bit in the greater Auburn Gresham area. Um, so we didn't have relationships citywide in terms of uh, supporting CPS schools and, and other gardens. And that group, which included a, a number of organizations, um, Open Lands, Healthy Schools Campaign, Big Green, AM Root Builders, um, Oren's organization, the Center for Urban Transformation. Um, Oren, help me out. I don't want to miss anybody here. Adjust Harvest up in Rogers Park. Um, I know I'm missing some, I'll try to fill them in, but we we came together and said, okay, yeah, let's do this. We we have different different things to bring to the table. And we formed the name Chicago Grows Food as a collaborative heading. 
and this start, started to do the distribution work and education work under that shared heading. That's awesome. Awesome. Orange, kind of, you, you want to add? <laughs> yeah, kind of funny story too, though, in just a few seconds. But Peter started looking at names and decided Chicago grows. But then when he looked, it was uh, it was it was taken by the cannabis growers. So. <laughs> uh, a, a hundred, a yeah, hundred, Chicago grows food. <laughs> yeah, we that was an Instagram thing because we wanted we wanted to get the kits out, but we also wanted people to use the hashtag Chicago food on their social media posts to kind of flood social media with images of people growing food at home. We're all separated. We can't go to the community gardens together. So we wanted to create an online gathering place. And Oren's 100 percent right. I typed in hashtag Chicago grows to see if anything was there. And it was all, you know, close up pictures of cannabis flowers, you know, <laughs> filling the whole screen. Um, and we're, and many of us are educators, you know, elementary to high school educators. So that was, um, yeah, that, that's why we went with gross food to be clear. <laughs> so let's be clear. You didn't need any angry parents, right? Exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I needed that laugh. For, forgive me for for not being the most professional. I, I I like a good laugh every now and then. Thank you. That that was good. That means you're human, Valerie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As we see, we got a comment here. Floyd Turner is watching and listening. He says, "I love this." Floyd happens to be my brother-in-law. He he works nights, so he had a chance to check us out live and he is into gardening you know he, he learned gardening from his mom who was from mississippi and every year he has some wonderful fruits and vegetables that he likes to include in in family dinners so so thanks floyd for watching if there are others who are watching you have comments you want to share about some of your experiences gardening your experiences with resilience over the past year, we'd love to hear your stories and comment and you know bring you into the conversation. And I'm just wondering, Peter, you know, with the past year, I'm sure you've had to pivot a lot. You know, you're doing things that you probably didn't expect that you would be doing a year ago. Um, so how have you pivoted in the past year because of the pandemic? Oh, uh, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, first of all, like I mentioned, we mostly served St. Sabinus campus. So getting out to, I think it was about 36 different community areas with the grow kits and becoming a manufacturing hub and a delivery service. That was a huge pivot for us. We had to borrow a van from a car dealership. We wow. um, had to you know, deal with shipping logistics and figure out how how to plan um, what to get from where and 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 move move through challenges where um, the thing that we needed wasn't available. At one point, Oren, you probably remember this. We were looking at could we sew grow bags because grow bags became unavailable temporarily. Wow! Um, and Oren actually found a pattern for how to do it. Now the story doesn't end the way you hoped it would. Uh, we didn't end up having to do that, but we were at that point where we thought maybe maybe we'll be just um you know far enough along 
the edge that we're going to sew grow bags to make this happen. So we didn't, we didn't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, learned a lot about shipping logistics. Um, we, we pivoted to, so we asked ourselves three questions at St. At San Learning Gardens and the pandemic hit. We said, who do we serve? Um, what do they need right now? And how can we get it to them? And that was a big shift for us because we had one idea of what we offered to the community. And in this emergency natural disaster situation, what the community needed was more important than what we established ourselves to give. Wow. So the, fir the first two months of the pandemic, um, we were actually delivering uh, box lunches to eight senior buildings in Auburn Gresham. We had an opportunity to get uh, 3,600 meals donated a week and said, we serve seniors and seniors need food right now. So that's what we're going to do right now as we figure out our next pivot. Um, that, that kind of ran right into the Grow Your Groceries rollout. And by the time we started doing that, we understood that we were filling bags of soil every day, wow. calling teachers, calling schools and getting them out. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so what are some of the lessons you've learned, Oren, about this pandemic and this particular situation? Well, I, again, it's the innovation and creativity that exists uh, in our neighborhoods, uh, for one thing, and um, having an optimism about um, humans' capacity to rally uh, in the face of uh, adversity. So, uh, for me, those are the, the general outline lessons. And even at um, uh, Chicago Partnership for Health Promotion, we have different teams and interventions. And uh, I love the fact that um, one of the teams that I didn't have a lot of uh, interaction with, with Pete Stack and his schools team, they stepped up as well and helped um, find schools that were interested in the project and in the program and that sort of thing. So we got to work with folks that we hadn't had the opportunity to work with before. Um, and, and again, just excited about what the possibilities are moving forward uh, in the communities that we're targeting this year, but beyond in, in future years. Okay, great. And Peter, we talked about financial resilience. What are some of the lessons you learned about financial resilience during this time? Um, well, one thing I learned is if you're going to um, nearly double the amount of funding coming through your doors to fund a special project, that you should ask for money to pay for the administrative costs of doing that. Um, we, uh, we served as a fiscal sponsor for this project. Um, initially, we wrote some small grants and then won some bigger awards. And things were happening so fast moving that the collective decided we weren't really ready to, to create our own independent entity or um, you know, form a fiscal sponsor relationship with another entity that could do the back office stuff. So um, you know, one of my financial lessons learned was you know, people kept saying like, wow, it's so great we're going through the Stein Learning Gardens because you know, very little money is getting cut off the top to cover administrative and overhead. And we realized, you know, six months in that the reason that that was happening was because we were just sacrificing the overhead and the administrative 
um, lovingly though, like there's, I don't have regrets about that, but if you ask about lessons learned, that's something that was learned. Um, I think it was probably 90% of the resources that came in went directly to buying materials for grow bags or model became raise money, buy materials, put out grow kits, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, do it. We got out 3,800 kits and there's over 300,000 students in CPS. So, wow. um, Wow. You know, our, our mission is, is not over. Um, and you know, that, that's, that's kind of the ongoing, um, financial goals to continue to find both in kind and financial resources to make it happen for more students. Yeah. Just to me. Valerie, like, I'm yes, sorry. Sir. I meant to cut you off. Um, if I can add, uh -huh. uh, on the home front in terms of financing, uh, what I grow here, um, I have enough to share at home, but mm -hmm. sort of between mid June and mid October, I only spend 15 to $20 a week on average on produce. Wow. And that's because, and that's only because I don't grow grapes and I don't grow watermelon and cantaloupe and, <laughs> and peaches and that sort of thing. So that's typically what I spend money on. I have plenty of vegetables, if you will. Uh, just from the work that we do uh, in our small spaces here at at home, which is uh, the other outcome we were looking for in terms of creating the Grow Your Groceries program is to help people uh, save their food dollars, if you will. So oh. just wanted to mention that real quick. That's great. And you touched on a couple things. Um, the, the fact that you're helping people to grow in small spaces, you know, usually when you hear pushback, you know, one of the first things people say is, I don't have enough space in my yard. So you've addressed that issue. And as I listen to you and Peter talk, this to me sounds like the making of a social enterprise beyond the nonprofit service. Um, any any thoughts about that? Or is that something you're still Well, when about? Peter mentioned the, the grow bags and so on, and we actually had conversations about why aren't we making these in Chicago? So um, where are the folks with the sewing machines? And, um, I have a sewing machine. <laughs> and, I use a lot. Yeah, and recreating um, those loft spaces or whatever the case may be where people could come in and have it be worker-owned and all that, co cooperatives and all that stuff too. So um, that's part of our thinking, but um, just also in terms of gardening, um, how come we're not capturing some money from bigger entities whose name I won't mention uh, as our people go off to those spaces to buy plants and soil and seed and all of that. So what about local enterprises that focus on that? So that's just some of the thinking that we were, we've been kicking around for over a year now, right, Peter? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd add to that that we have uh, we have very strong interests in uh, some kind of like buy one give one model. We piloted that in the mid to late summer, early fall last year, and the main reason that didn't take off is because we were focused on emergency relief. Like this is okay. the. This isn't a kit that grows enough food to feed your family to the point that you know your food security is taken care of, but it is. Um, relief in terms of social emotional learning for kids, family bonding activities, um, something to fill time with at home. That was our, you know one of our one of our goals at the beginning. 
Um, but we decided that our capacity last year needed to be focused on getting these into the hands of students that, that you know, their families weren't going out to the garden centers to purchase these materials. We wanted to really prioritize youth on the south and west side um, in particular. And we, and we did have, um, you know, not to say that um, there are, there are, you know, ubiquitously barriers to access all, all around the city. We did have families that received this as a gift from the program and then came back and said, hey, I got so excited, I went and got five more and you know now we're doing six of them at our house or um my daughter my daughter and i just built a raised bed because we were we were so excited to grow our own food so we really hope to be that you know spark and that inspiration to to do more you know this is a, a, a Monte uh, campbell from our program said in the video this is the start of a conversation and it's an opportunity to um, begin a dialogue about growing and how to how to grow more and, and what's going on in your your household what your interests are and how we can support that and how the whole collective can support that because there are amazing people throughout the entire uh, Chicago Gross Food Collaborative. Okay so let's talk about the collective I don't know if you have access but I think when you and I spoke a couple weeks about it I believe you showed me a map to show me where all the people are I don't know if if you have time um, or if you're if you have that at your disposal you know we give you some time to look for it but I was really impressed with how many people or how many different organizations were involved and you were able to touch is, is that something that you could share I know that's not something we planned and while yeah no I I'm looking for it right now actually I okay. think I can pull it up okay all right and while he's doing that um, Oren, what would you suggest, you know, for people who have never done this before, what are some of the first steps they could take? Um, they could uh, get in touch with us and uh, <laughs> we are planning to launch um, classes, if you will, a couple of times a week on Zoom. Wow. And um, we will go through the curriculum that we share with Peter. Uh, to to kickstart what we wound up doing, um, but that's part of our charge this year is to offer uh, Zoom classes for people who would like to explore this and perhaps begin gardening. So um, that begins, I believe, on April the twenty sixth. So if people reach out to us, we will um, make sure that they get access to those events, and we plan on doing them. Uh, at least through June, um, and perhaps pick them up in the fall, because the other thing that people will learn uh, is that you can begin gardening um, as early as in April, and um, if you have other things that uh, can assist you with season extension, uh, you can grow year-round. I mean, we have, we uncovered some stuff a couple of weeks ago, and we still had greens that were that were thriving after wow. the February we had. So wow. Um, so no, that's just get get in touch and Valeria. I don't know how you manage that, but people can reach out to us and we'd be happy to respond and work with people. Okay. Yeah. What's your email address and phone number? Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, O R R I N W. Can I put it in the chat here? 
Yeah, yeah, put it in the chat and it should show up for everybody. And I can also highlight it. Is that, oh, that might be a private chat. Um, okay, so I have to copy it over to the comments. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you copy it over to the comments, or you can give it to me, I could type it and then highlight it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine is. It looks, it looks like it can't go into the comments. Yeah, the, yeah. This is a new oh. platform for both of us. So. Uh, okay. It's O R R I N W at uic.edu. Okay, so I'm going to, I posted that in the comments and I can also create a banner so people can see it. That's it, you got it. All right, great. Um, Peter, are you ready? So I can, I'm ready. Let's see if I can share my screen. Mm -hmm. It's going to take me just a minute to change the setting. Okay. Oren, is that correct? I, I did. I, I want to make sure I didn't have any typos there. That's correct. Okay. Um, Valerie, I apologize. I'm not going to be able to share my screen. It, it would require that I restart the browser, um, okay. which will kick me out of here. Okay. Is there a URL you can give me? I can check it out. Um, yeah, this should work. Mm-hmm. Drop that in the chat. Okay. Bear with me. And you're going to want to go down to the, I'll give you the number of the slide. Okay, you, you post, you posted the URL there? Yep. Okay, so far I don't see it. I just see my comments. It's in, it's in the, it's in the private chat. I can't go into right. the comments. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. All right. And for your for the listening audience, thank you so much. We we really appreciate your patience. I always, you know, this is not something we planned. We're just doing this on the fly. And um, um Valerie, while you're while you're getting that up, just to vocalize mm -hmm. it. So our our website for the collaborative is chicagogrossfood.org. We're also on Instagram at Chicago Gross Food. Um, we're on Facebook too. You can find us on Twitter, but we don't say much on Twitter. Maybe we will in the future. Um, if you go to slide 11, that will show the reach of the program, the geographic reach. I'm trying. Okay, let me put this in present mode. 
Wow. That's huge. So 37, 37 community areas. Um, we haven't set a goal for this year. We'd love to get, you know, closer to 77, but 37 we feel is a, is a good start. That's huge. 37 and we have 77 community mm -hmm. areas. I, so this is, yeah, this is the map you shared with me. Can, are you able to see the, the map? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So you you guys were able to touch all of these people within the past year, from May to October of last okay. year. That's absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. All right. And we're 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 still doing it. Um, if folks watching are interested in bringing this to their community, please reach out to us through the the contact information that Valerie shared. We're, we are looking for uh, more distribution sites and happy to connect with more organizations. We're up to it says twelve in there, but I think we're more up to about fourteen project partners at this point. Okay. So get get in touch if you're interested. We're we're ready to work with you. Okay, Peter, can you share me share with me your email address? I want to type it. I know you said it before, but I want to type it and post it. Yes, it is peter at sabinagardens.org. All righty, so if you want to contact Peter. Oops. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, one T, one T. You would never know my mom was a typing teacher. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, let me let me correct that. All right, all right. Peter at SabinaGardens.org. All right, this is awesome stuff. Awesome. And, and I want to thank you guys for for joining me and taking time out of your schedule. Um, any parting thoughts before we go? Uh, for me, real quick, uh, it's about growing groceries, but it's also about engaging with food, but also mm -hmm. engaging with nature. So we offer opportunities uh, through our teammates at UIC to teach nutrition and cooking and cooking demos and a lot of our partners do the same sort of thing and uh, so uh, take advantage of these opportunities and re-engage with your food but also re-engage with seed and plants in nature. Okay great and before we go if there are any comments any questions from our audience Please share, and I, I would like to share those on screen. Any comments, any questions? I will wait a couple minutes to see if you have any comments or questions. Um, if you want to share any of your experiences with urban gardening, any of your experiences with resilience. All right, so far, no questions, but again, Peter and Oren, thank you so much. This has been so informative. Um, I will definitely let people know about what you do. And I hope that you guys can come back and give us an update. 
Right. I think it'll be really interesting. Be happy to, Valerie. Thank you for having us. All right. We, we absolutely would. Thank you so much, Valerie. Um, just remember, everyone, if you're growing food, put hashtag Chicago food on Instagram, <laughs> and we'll we'll put it on our website and add you to the community. I always have to absolutely. remind people that we absolutely. love to see your photos. And remember, you don't need a lot of space either. <laughs> got back porches. You got mm. different things you can do. You saw the lady in the video who did it on her stoop. So yeah. uh, reach out to us and we'll share ideas with you. We we love to work with folks. So thank you. Thanks you, again, Valerie. Okay. Are you guys open to doing a workshop on video? Yes. Live yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. We probably should do that soon because, you know, this is growing season, right? We're getting ready to kick right. it off. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. And you take we'll look care. Forward, we'll look forward to coming back. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Valerie, let us know and we'll put something together for you. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's plan on doing that. You know, I don't know if you could do it within a couple of weeks because I, I know the growing, start of the growing season is getting away from us. If we get well, yes it, and no. Okay. Like you. <laughs> ah. like, so, yeah, we're, we're ready to go here. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, all right. Peter and I are going to be talking soon anyway. So, yeah, let's let's do it. Um, it's got to be before, what, May 15th. So I'm thinking within the next couple of weeks. We yeah, and we'll back. talk about cool weather crops and warm weather crops and all that kind of stuff, too. So. Oh, oh this is great. All right. Thank you. And, and um, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning, does it? Can it? Also, be after work, or you prefer the mornings. It it doesn't matter. I don't okay. know what a work day is like anymore. It seems like we're working around the clock now. Yeah, that that's part of the pivot too. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you don't have to. Um, you don't have to yeah. tell me. Okay. Speaking of which, I have to jump outside. We're we're loading okay. grocery grocery bags. Um, okay. at three o'clock, you can come to our site for groceries. It's another and plug. Okay, and three, we're three o'clock. We're at seventy-eight forty South Racine. All righty. Well, thank you guys, and we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Valerie. All right. Okay. Bye bye. bye.